shirts are black and white. The only color that really matters is green. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking today? Good, man. Just uh, drinking a Cosmo, you know? Yeah? Yeah, it's uh, one, one part vodka. It's 7 o'clock for you. It is, it is. It's Cosmo time, isn't it? That's right. This is where it gets serious. One, one part vodka, this, one part control, two parts uh, cranberry. Is control? It, is it like a... It's like a triple sec-ish type. Oh, okay, okay. I I have not tried a Cosmo yet. I might have to do that. Though, I'm pretty sure like, I want to record, and then I'm playing video games tonight. Nice, dude. <laughs> I need that. Break. I'm going through Far Cry 4 right now. Mm-hmm. I bought it. I, I mainly bought it to test out the new computer build. <laughs> and oh my god, it looks so good. Uh, and then I actually like ended up really liking the game. It's it's just one of those games you can just fuck around in. Is it like, like open just, world? Uh... Yeah, it's like you're just in like this weird Himalayan country. You can go wherever you want. Like you can hunt animals, just like stalk through the trees, take down bases and stuff. Hmm. Uh, so that's fun. I'm also drinking Canadian beer again because, as we said before, if you don't have Japanese beer, then you need to get Canadian beer. It's the next closest it's like, thing. It's the yeah. next, yeah. <laughs> And if I had grabbed the German lager, then I might be saying that about German lager, but I didn't. <laughs> so from henceforward, Canadian beer and Japanese beer are the same. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, guys, but like I'm, I'm not like sick, sick, but I got a cold the other day. I so couldn't like hear all it. Stuffy, and uh, <laughs> Andrew's like, I can see you're about to sneeze. Just do it. Just <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and you do this fake sneeze, or just like, ugh. <laughs> yep. You gotta clear it out somehow. Come on, give me a break, man. The, the clear it out. You just stick your finger in. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not gonna work. I'll hit my brain before I clear it all out, and that's not gonna be good. Uh, hey, our catchphrase today came from Sean Byrne. Is that a Facebook or a Twitter or what? Uh, oh, it's Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you got it linked up and everything. It's a quote from Family Guy, I think. Uh, I haven't watched Family Guy since I was like I don't know, seventeen. But, wow, is it still going? What, Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's still going. I haven't been as religious as I used to, but. I just realized that it's probably been around for a decade at this point. Yeah, I remember I was, I think I was like halfway through college and it was canceled. And like, that's when everyone decided to really Uh, like it. I remember that. Anyway, catchphrases, if you have them. Uh, Who are we going to call out this week, Andrew? Who are we going to call oh, out? Uh, Ned. What the fuck, man? Ned? <laughs> That's not a name. <laughs> Dude, if we have a Ned in the audience. Okay, if your name is Ned, like, I don't know. <laughs> you better send us a catchphrase because there's only one of you. Yeah, and we know where you live. If your name is Ned or Sarah, then you owe us a catchphrase. You're on deck. That's how it works. Yes. And today, uh, this is this is kind of your deal, isn't it? I mean, this is your idea. We're doing a productivity episode, right? So so you're saying if it sucks, just blame it on me? Is that what you're... Well, that is what I'm setting up right now. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to do this, but it's Andrew's idea, so just blame it on him. I mean, look, uh, I... I think I have enough material to make it good. So I, that's what I think what it is. I'm going to stumble through the forest, and then I'm just going to point to you, and you're going to like give some like knowledge bombs, but I'll just kind of... Oh, that guy, he knows about productivity. <laughs> Hey everyone, come over here. Uh, sit sit around in a circle. <laughs> That's an oval, not a circle. I didn't do this at all. Look, anyway, so yeah. Look, so uh, I was obsessed about like productivity uh, way back, and I was 
you know, so anal about it where I would like every item would be in a larger project. I I basically have like Gantt charts. Like I was like pretty ridiculous and I deviated from it, burnt the fuck out. And I realized that like a major part of the burnout for me was just, I felt like I lost control of like all things. So I, I've become like religious again about my process and I kind of just want to talk about because I know you have a very unique process and you're very specific about it. And when I'm firing on all cylinders, like I have my process and I don't know, yeah. like I don't think anyone will like exactly adapt ours because it's a very personal thing. But I think it might help, you know, because I know a lot of people burnt out and a lot of people need help with this. Yeah, man. Burnout's a real thing. I'm I'm so happy I'm going to Japan on Tuesday because you look like you're running. I ragged. need it. Right. <laughs> I need I know I need it. I need I need the time to just stew in my thoughts and not have to put something out there every week, you know. I, I think that's the thing about creativity, you know, and it might be a thing about non-creativity based jobs as well. Like mm. just after a while you need a break. But um, you know, and that that was not to go like deep into that like area, but that was a thing with LMM where I was just running and sometimes you're just, you're doing things for so long. You forget why you're doing them. You forget like what the purpose was and to kind of like pull back and take a breath and like think, you know, like why? And then, you know, maybe like the reason isn't what it used to be. And then you like change or something. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what exactly we're talking about earlier. I think, um, we were talking about like why I procrastinate so much to make videos <laughs> and then I had justification for it now as of yesterday, I think. So it's because you're a procrastinator, right? Bad for it. I'm not a procrastinator. <laughs> no, I'm a sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> so I interviewed, uh, an author named Gretchen Rubin mm. yesterday for my podcast. And she uh, she's written a bunch of books or maybe one or two books on happiness. And um, her newest book is called Better Than Before, and it's about habit formation. So I was coming out. Somebody I know like showed me her Twitter and said, hey, this would be a really good guest-free podcast. I had, think I had heard of her happiness books before. And then I saw she was writing that book on habits, and I was like, well, why do we need this when there's already power of habit, mm. you know? Like naively thinking that was like the only book that ever needed <laughs> like, to be written. Boom! About. Interview over. Like get out of about here. Forty percent of human behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um. Funny story about it though. Mm. So I emailed her a, a few months ago, and then she got back to me right around the same time that I was emailing back and forth with another friend of mine named Gretchen. Mm. So she emails me back. And she's wait, like, wait, yeah, so you know two people named Gretchen? I do. That's weird. I man. do. My friend Gretchen Wegner, who runs the College Prep podcast, uh, at this time she was like emailing back and forth with me to get me on her show. And then you know how Gmail is; mm. it just puts the first name like me, Gretchen, as a conversation. Right. So I get the email, open it up, think it's from Gretchen Wegner, my friend, and put it on my calendar. And then like the real calendar date for her podcast interview was the week before. So I was like, oh, this must be some weird duplicate. Deleted the one that I'd put on there. And then on Monday, the uh, author was like, are we Skyping right now? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But she was super cool about it um, and rescheduled it for like two days later. So I talked to her yesterday and frantically read through like a big chunk of her book in preparation. 
and actually it's really good. Like it's, it's really actually really opened my eyes on something because I had read power of habit. I was like, Oh, I understand how the brain science of habit formation works. Mm. Um, so now I just tell people to do that when they need to build habits. Right. But, uh, Gretchen's book actually outlines several different archetypes of people and how their brains are wired differently with regard to sticking with habits and sticking with obligations. And it was kind of like light bulb. Oh man, people are way different than I thought so from each other. This is the like the sprinter, marathoner, slacker, or procrastinator. So those are um, a bit more like niched down things. Mm. I want to I want to like open my iPad real quick just to figure out the exact words. But she talks about these things called the four tendencies, and these are like the four overarching, overarching, or overarching. At least mm. arching is that how you say it? Maybe. I always forget how to say that word. That, that works. Overarching. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are, those are the first things. And then I think she calls the other ones distinctions. So the tendencies are upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels. Mm. An upholder is somebody who uh, will meet external obligations without question basically all the time and will meet internal obligations like I want to – Go running twice a week. They just do it. Uh, so you're an upholder because you just—it's like you're compelled. You have to do it or something. Yeah, you just you just find it easy to to stick with commitments, even mm. if they're self-driven or if they're external, like somebody asks you to or somebody expects you to. And then those questioners, uh, these are people who can do both. You know, they can stick with internal and external commitments, but they need a reason. Mm. It needs to make sense. If it's just like arbitrary, they are like, no, fuck that. That doesn't make any sense. And then there's obligators or obligers. Uh, they are very good with external obligations. Like if somebody's expecting them to do something, they're going to come through, follow through. They're good workers. Internal, not so much. They, they just don't want to so, let people down. Like Right. Mm. Yeah. So like if I'm like, dude, we're going to go running tomorrow at 6 a.m. Be there or I'm going to be really sad. An obliger will be there, but they won't be able to wake themselves up and go for a run by themselves. Mm. And then there's rebels, and they're like, the, I don't ever want you to tell me what to do. Fuck off kind of people. <laughs> uh, questioners and obligers are the, by far the most common types. I was going to say, I and, feel like I'm like kind of half and half. Like I can't just like do shit, but uh, I also will not get up and go for a run by myself. Interestingly enough, when I, I, I mentioned that to her when I was interviewing her, I was like, I feel like I'm part uh, obliger, part questioner. She's like, no, it turns out in my research, most people fall pretty squarely into one category. Hmm. You just might be looking at it incorrectly. So, yeah, when that interview comes out, I mean, I can uh, share it with you. But I'm definitely a questioner. Like, I think about the reasons for everything. I just moved into a house, and I'm like, why do I have to mow the lawn? This is dumb. <laughs> you know, this is like very Sisyphus like. It just it grows and then I cut it and on and on. Um I guess the reason would be that my neighbors will hate me if I don't do it. But and dude, then, uh, so, so tell me. You you find out like what archetype you are, ar- mm-hmm. archetype or or however we say it. Like how does this like play into like getting shit done? So depending on the archetype that you fall under, uh, you will be motivated by different types of things. Uh. So if you're a questioner and you want to build something, then the best thing that will motivate you will be explanations of why it is beneficial. If you can like cerebrally understand why something is good, then you'll be motivated to do it, even if it's self-driven. 
Hmm. Now, if you're an obl- or, uh, if you're an obliger, that stuff's not going to motivate you. You need some sort of accountability. You need an external system that's going to make you do it. So ah. I think like with most of the habit advice I had been doling out to people, it had been like tailored to obligers, like get B minder or get an accountability because that's what you are. Class. And I'm actually not an obliger. I just I I I think that accountability is helpful for anybody, mm. but especially for obligers, it's like essential. They need it because they are only good with external commitments. Okay, so obligers, fine. They need things like B-Minder, stuff like that. They, they all know. We, we've talked about that stuff. Um, mm. The the questioners, they need to have, like, like, sit down and come up with, like, a reason why so they can understand. What, what about the other guys? Rebels, uh, Just, they don't want to be told what to do. So you got to, like... Make them think not... that it's their idea or something? Yes, that's actually the biggest one. Make them think it's their idea or so make them... So they're like cats, yeah yeah that or it's like reverse psychology like oh you don't need to take this life-saving medication the doctor is probably full of shit and they're like what do you want me to die i am gonna take that (laughs) i think that was the example um and then upholders they are pretty self-motivated but it's a very tiny percentage of people Mm. according to the book so then she has these tendencies and these were or not tendencies they uh the distinctions these are really interesting to me because they sort of help you figure out what kind of a person you are. And once you figure that out, you can you can sort of design the choices that you have to make every day to be in line with the kind of person you are. So, and actually, I'm curious, Andrew. Mm. I'm, I'm curious as to like which of each type that you are. So I want to go through them and see which ones. Sure. So the first one is like larks versus owls, uh, meaning like larks are the people who get up pretty early. And thrive in the morning, and then owls are the people who are like night people. I'm I'm the dude who is like cranking it until three thirty, yeah. and then Laura comes in and she yells at me, and I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll go to bed." Like, so you're I, definitely an owl. Yeah, like during the day, it's like nice. I'm like looking outside. I, you know, I'm petting the cat at night. I'm in it. Okay. See, I I had trouble with this. I think I'm a lark. Because if I wake up past like eight, I feel like my day is shot. I was and I like, feel very dude, how could you not be a lark? You wake up at like five a.m. or something. I do, but I built systems to make myself do it, and I can also get really into it at night. Mm. But I find that in the afternoon, I'm useless. Oh, so after lunch, forget about it. I might as well yeah. just take a siesta or something. Yep, unless there's like some crazy ass deadline I have to meet, like Fridays. I always tell myself, you know, Thursdays a video comes out, Fridays I'm like, oh, I have all Friday to take care of all these little things that piled up and I put off because of the video. And then I don't do anything after Friday, like afternoon. I'll be okay in the morning, but without the time pressure, afternoon's terrible. So then there's uh, sprinters, marathoners, and procrastinators. Sprinters are people who can do intense deadline-driven bursts of work. Marathoners, the deadline's not as big of a deal. They'll just work steadily through it and often finish early. And then procrastinators are like sprinters. They'll wait till the deadline, but they don't really get the burst of creative energy from the deadline. They just wait. So they should probably work like marathoners. <laughs> so I'm probably more of a procrastinator. I'm <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, I definitely, um, so at work, like I, Will like it given a month to complete something, it will take me a month to complete it. If I have three days to complete it, I will also complete it in three <laughs> days. It's like the yeah. ever expanding amount of whatever. Um, I guess it really depends. Like, if, if I want to do it, ah, uh, yeah, I guess I, I have trouble where it's like I either want to do it, so I'll do it now, 
Or if I don't want to do it, like I have a million and one excuses why it needs to be done later. Okay. What about uh, I you? Think I'm, I think I'm a sprinter hmm. because I find, uh, you know, I, I tell everyone like videos are coming out Thursdays. I find that like massive spikes of creative energy show up on Wednesdays and Thursday mornings when I'm editing. Hmm. And I have a very hard time doing anything far in advance before that. You know, I'm pretty lucky if I can get it filmed on Tuesdays, which is why I have such a tough, uh, tough time batching. And I wish I could batch, but yeah, it's my personality type. See, batching, so when we did like seven, eight episodes in a day, it was because of the deadline. It wasn't because we're like, hey, we're getting like so far ahead because we're just like really good. No, it was like, all right, fuck, we have to do it now. Yeah. And see, this is why I need Laura because she would just schedule interviews for me on the podcast. And I think we were like two or three months ahead at one point. <laughs> um, and I, I have been off the ball. Like I haven't been asking her to get me specific people. So it's not ahead right now. <laughs> so I need to get back on. I need somebody to like make me be a marathoner in that case. Cause it is pretty smart when you're doing interviews. So there's under buyers and over buyers, people who don't like buying things. So they're like wait too long or they'll not buy things that could help them versus people who buy too much or like, I need to run. So I'm going to buy the newest running shoes and a book and like, uh, like, and then vest. it just all sits on the shelf. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think I am an underbuyer in that case. You're okay. So I definitely think you're an underbuyer. I think that I'm an underbuyer, but I definitely like will buy stuff with an intention. Like so, okay. I did do a video, and I still have yet to do more than one that's yeah. been released. But I like got like all of the gear like ahead of time. Mm. I'm like, well, of course I need blah blah blah. It's got to be you know high quality. Yeah. I think I'm the kind of person who'll just be like, I want to do a thing. What do I have laying around that'll make it work? And then I'll slowly buy things. But like, I know right now I need to buy new pants, mm. but I just, I, I don't go do it. I don't want to. <laughs> Buying <laughs> like pants sucks. They're all ripping and uh, it sucks. Yeah. Um, abundance minded versus simplicity minded. So either you like to have a simple environment, like, sparse walls not a whole lot going on or you like to have abundant environment like a lot of things around you like really colorful busy environment you're abundant i know you have like <laughs> all things this is like my my uh my office is like peacocked right now with stuff because we just recently did it but before it was like a barren wasteland yep it's like one thing on the at, wall. It was like soundproof. Looking behind me, and there's like posters everywhere, and like I've got figurines and a pirate ship on the bookshelf, and all these books. It's definitely yeah. like from a movie set or something. It's like I See, can tell I'm it's not, meticulously. Uh... I would like to call myself deliberately abundant. Mm. I don't just like see. I'm I'm an underbuyer, but also abundant, which I think balances out pretty nicely. Because if I was an overbuyer and abundance minded, I would just have a bunch of crap everywhere. But I don't. It's pretty clean. There's just like a lot of the walls and I don't know. I like to be surrounded with a lot of complexity. Dude. It's funny because my friend, my roommate Martin and I, we always say like we're very similar people. Mm -hmm. But in that regard, we're like the most opposite you could possibly <laughs> ever be. He's like the most like he wants to be like Zen and his room is just nothing in it. And I'm not that <laughs> I'm like I need a big computer with two monitors and my mixing board needs to have 500 knobs on it. <laughs> Dude, so let me tell you, or let me tell you, let me ask you, um, how do you, like, operate 
to to get things like completed? Do you have like just a list, like a scratch piece of paper, and you just kind of do you keep it all in your head? I, I imagine no, you I was very processed in my head. Uh, yeah, I'm very very process driven. So like for a video, it starts in Evernote. Um, all the ideas sort of like start out as a line item in a like a rough notes, rough ideas note that I have. Mm. And then uh, when I want to make one, it comes like it gets its own note, which is just a dumping ground for like links to research and like jokes I might want to write. Uh, eventually, I start writing script in there, like images that I want to put in there. It all just goes in there. And then um, I will film it once I have the script. Like I almost never finish the script. Mm. <laughs> like it's either a bullet list or it's like the first like six or seven paragraphs are written out and then I get lazy and just like bullets for the rest of it. And then I film it because <laughs> I just want to get to filming, uh, film, go to edits. Uh, edits are like a multi-step process. Cause first I'll just edit it down to get rid of all the bad takes and get it to a point where like it could just be thrown up on YouTube as a talking head blog mm. kind of thing. Um, and then I can show you, I actually have like a B roll list. So I'll like oh, watch yeah. through my my edited video and then like as I go through I'll write down like okay I want to have these words pop up I want to have this picture pop up this animation and then once I have the list um, there's like two columns with check boxes so like, the first check box represents that it's it's completed outside of the timeline like for editing so if it needs to be done in Photoshop it's completed there or if it needs to be done like it needs to be filmed or it needs to be photographed it's done there. And then the second checkbox means it's actually in the video, all ready to go, placed, animated, all that good stuff. And then, so, yeah. So you're very deliberate, like, building out processes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, so, yeah. and, and I mean, I guess you sat down, you came up with, like, how you want to approach making a video. And then, like, you follow that and, like, refine that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it works really well for me because it... It lets it. Uh, it lets me make a complicated project without getting overwhelmed. Because once I have the initial edits done, I'm like, oh man, there's like, in my head, you know, 20 ideas for animations or B-roll, but I don't know where to start. And then I'll just sit there. But because I make this list and because it has the two check boxes, I can be like, all right, I'll just go in order, and I'll do the first check boxes for each of them first, because so, I can do them all outside of Premiere. And mm. then once they're all done, then I just go back down the list again in Premiere. And it's all in order. It's like I don't have to think about it. You just do it. And I think that's what helps it get done. Dude, so, all right, during the week you have – because you have your video. You, you do your podcast. Um, yeah. you, you may or may not get an article out during the week. But there's, like, many things that you – like, how do you maintain a list? I mean, do, do you maintain a list? Like, how do you kind of – Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just sneeze again. <laughs> I know. I see you making that face. Uh, God, it's so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, every week on Sunday, uh, and I'm like, I do all this in a notebook. So like B-roll lists are a notebook. Japanese notes are in the same notebook. And my weekly plan is in the same notebook. So I just kind of like know where it all is. It's like if somebody if somebody looked at my notebook, they'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? You have random research notes next to your planning, and there's no markers or anything. But I know where it all is. So I, like Sunday, I'll do a, just a sheet of paper in my notebook with uh, an events list. Or like actual meetings and if I have to speak or something, that's on there. Um, interviews. And then under that, that's like tasks. So everything that needs to get done during the week is there. Video, podcast, anything else. 
So it's always like clear the inbox, answer YouTube comments, got to get my car fixed, got to go buy a lawnmower, all that good stuff gets on there. And then like every morning, I'll just write on my whiteboard what I want to do that day from this list. So you do so you do like a daily practice, basically like you reevaluate yeah. what's on the list and do you, yep. do you find yourself ever removing stuff? Uh, yeah, sometimes like I'll be like, oh, well, that's not going to happen this week. So I'll cross it off. Um, I've also experimented. Well, if you with... cross it off, then does it just like kind of die until it becomes a need again? Like, or you have it in like a longer. Well, if I cross. Yeah. So, uh, I capture everything in, in Todoist. Mm. Like that's where things initially go. So they like, I'll clean that out every once in a while, but I'll look at that. I'll look at Google calendar and by the like way, my... I, I've fallen in love with Todoist, like, especially that whole like karma thing. I, yeah, I, that like I don't pay too much attention to it, but it's a pretty cool idea. I think, like, it's a bit of gamification. It like it like totally motivates me to see like you know I want to complete three things a day, and if I met it, and my little graph goes up, my karma trend, and then I can like uh, detail it out. So it's like this is what you usually do on Mondays. This is your progress of the past two weeks. I I fucking love that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, it's all very process driven. But I. I guess, like, the point, because we're going to roll into another episode really quick here. Mm. Um, like, the other ones were openers versus finishers. Like, do you like to start things or do you like to finish things? Where do you get motivation from that? Uh, novelty lovers versus familiarity lovers. Are you the kind of person who really likes novelty and new things or do you really like the familiar things that are comfortable? For me, it's novelty. Like, if I'm going to go for a run, it needs to be a different route every time. Otherwise, I lose all motivation. I'm the same. I have to... Same way to work, same way home from work. I'm super routine, yeah. man. Uh, and then there's like promotion focused versus prevention focused. So like maybe you would set up an automatic Vanguard uh, contribution because you want to grow your money and you want to see an achievement. Like you want to see yourself hit a certain dollar amount. Prevention focused people would do the exact same thing because they don't want to end up on the street or they don't want to like be fucked if they lose their job. So like basically the mindset you take when you do things, do you, are you achievement based or are you like avoid consequences based? And the last one was big steps versus small steps. If you're going to build a habit, are you motivated by the process of starting really small, like tiny habits style, like one push up and then adding gradually from there? Or are you the kind of person that's like, all right, this week I'm going to do uh, five miles of running every day and like challenge myself. So those are the... <laughs> distinctions i'm like getting sicker as we go through this but that's okay so I, I guess the point is like ask yourself you know which of these am i and based on your answers you'll know how you should structure new habits and goals like if you're a big steps kind of person don't be like don't read a blog post that tells you to do one push-up and then just blindly follow it because maybe you're not motivated by that kind of small gradual type of goal setting maybe you need big ass challenges that said you know? like you've definitely read books like uh, getting things done right i have not read getting things really? done actually it's interesting um i thought like that would have been like the first go-to book for you and the reason i didn't is i believe it was cal newport um i think he wrote in a blog post or one of his books because i'd heard of getting things done even in high school mm. but i think i think it was him who said uh, getting things done is overkill for students. So, and then he put down a system of his own. And I think that sort of like biased me against reading, getting things done for a long time. And now it's just, 
I have so many other books that I need to read. Like I, I do feel that I should now read getting things done. I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's weird. Like I've read it a few times. I feel like every time I go through, there's like some insight where it's like you learn how to deal with, you know, work. And I guess like you said, it was mm. overkill. I read it when I was in college too. And, you know, my dad had recommended it and he was like an executive and like basically none of it applied. And as yeah. I kind of had things that actually needed to be tracked and done, like it made sense. But then I would read it again and it, like, like the weekly practice for me has been huge. Just, oh yeah, yeah. Like get like it's almost like say, just saying no to things and yeah. Is is getting things done the book that has the grid between um, urgent and important goals and those yeah. things? Which I couldn't is, remember if that was seven habits or, or getting things done. Yes, yeah, so that's getting things done, and that that's also big because like <clears throat> urgent things like um, I don't even I can think of an example. You know, there's like important things like um, like, hey, you got to go take the trash out at the curb. That's urgent. You know, it's got to be done right today. But then there could be it, like, this could also be the night that uh, your taxes are due. And if you go walk a block to take your garbage and you know you're going to come back and not do it. Well, you did get the garbage done. It was urgent, but taxes were way more important. And it's just kind of. Yeah, I don't even know if taxes counts because that still seems like an urgent thing. Like, I think the urgent true. things were like what are your values based around? Like, what are your ultimate goals? You know, mm. for me, important is like make a video. Cause I really care about that. Uh, urgent is like, Hey, this dude needs an email response. Yeah. Emails and stuff are, are uh, really, it's yeah. not really important to me, but I'm going to do it. You know, we do urgent things based on like the loss that they'll bring if we don't do them. Mm. So yeah, this episode is all over the place. I, I'm, it was yeah, all over see, the place. You have fun <laughs> trying to title it. I'm just gonna yeah, title. Uh, I'm gonna title it. Sorry, we're going on vacation. <laughs> Dude, I titled a podcast episode. Um, dot dot dot, and it did really well. So, hey. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, but we're gonna roll into an interview real quick. So let me do the in or the outro, not the intro. So yes, um, if this stuff was interesting to you. Um, Gretchen's book, I think better than before is, is what the title is. Well, yeah, there was Check two books you had. Or actually, yeah. What were the books you were talking about? Gretchen's. In my video, you mean? Or yeah. See, you you were kind of. I watched your video before we saw this, uh, and like you you held up two books really quick, and mm. like they're both books that I've heard of before that are like, you know, t okay. tell me the book you have there, but now I oh. also want to know these other books in your video. Shameless plug, uh, I made a video on like whether or not you should change your answers on tests. Cause like the common advice is stick with your gut, you know, don't, mm. don't change your answer. Uh, I did a bunch of research on it and many other smart people have done even more research. So I'd made a video on that and, um, wow. And you didn't the give books. the answer out. You are good at teasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just going to have to go watch the video to learn why the answer is yes. You should change your answers. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, the books though, were one of the first one is why we make mistakes by Joseph Hallinan, and it's about all like the cognitive biases that cause us to make mistakes in everyday life. Uh, this is the main source I use for the video because he talks about why students tend to stick with their original answers mm. and why, even when presented with the hard scientific data as to why you should change your answers, people likely won't do it. Hmm. It's interesting stuff. So watch my video and like, comment, and subscribe, and follow me on MySpace and friend me <laughs> on uh, Friendster. Uh, Zanga. And yeah, also the other book I was talking about was Thinking Fast and Slow. 
That's by that, Daniel Kahneman. That's the one. Kahneman I've, and Tversky hmm. were the guys who really discovered heuristics and biases back in the 70s. So, I mean, if you really want to, like, bust your brain open, uh, Dan Ariely's book, Predictably Irrational, is, like, mm-hmm. a good starter if you – because Thinking Fast and Slow is a tough read. It really is. It's, like, 500 pages of really dense stuff. Oh, shit. And you finished it. It's that? good. I have not finished it. I'm, like, 120 pages into mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it's a tough read. It's tough because, like, every page I'm, like – that could be a video. That could be a blog post. Oh my god! I have flags all over it. You know, there's a really good book that we should both probably read. It's called "How to Talk About Books You've Never Read," <laughs> and it I'm actually really exists. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Well, I go to Goodreads and I I read the reviews, and they're often like just synopses, or like uh, Derek Sivers has a note, like a book notes section on his website, and he basically has read every good business book I can think of. So I just look at those. And then uh, Better Than Before is Gretchen Rubin's book. I, I didn't mention it in the video, but I was reading it and I interviewed her. So that's also a good book so far. Um, we'll, I'm we'll put all of them like in the show notes. It'll pages be in, like, no, no, I'm like 60-odd pages into it, I think. Like the most like weird episode ever. We're just going to yeah. just call it like weird episode. Read books and know thyself. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the episode. Anyway. Questions can be forwarded on to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We are probably on vacation at the moment, so if you send me an email, I will reply in Japanese. And if you send Andrew an email, he'll reply with a picture of him drinking a margarita on the beach. (laughs) But once we get back, we'll get you some real answers. And uh, you can also subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If they do ratings and reviews, I don't know. Uh, But that supports the show, helps us climb the rankings, get out to more people, help more people learn how to drink good beer, and learn how to manage their money. So uh, this week's review comes from TX Baker, who said, I have recently moved toward financial freedom and have found this highly entertaining podcast. I love the interaction between the hosts. For anyone who needs advice on their money, which with great guests and advice. (laughs) 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 Always love to hear about the new beer, too. Yes. All right. Canadian beer. Most Uh, money matters. Oh, my God. I'm like... My nose is so runny that I've stopped caring, and I, I can't tell if it's making me a better host or like a worse host. I, I could, <laughs> I could, I'm watching you degrade. <laughs> <laughs> Listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox is where you'll find our favorite money management resources and books. Maybe we'll even get these books we mentioned in this episode added there at some point. Mm. Who knows? I think getting things done is there, right? Yeah, we have that like all I think over the site. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Tell your friends about this show.